Welcome to Watch Therefore. Our Savior Jesus told us to watch for His coming, and the signs that He spoke of are all around us, shouting, Watch Therefore, and be ready. So join me, Dove Schwartz, as we learn to watch and prepare for the coming of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now today's program was recorded at Calvary Chapel Beth Shalom in Pearland, and I'd like to invite all of our listeners in the Houston area to join us at Calvary Chapel in Pearland, where the Bible is taught line upon line, chapter upon chapter, book upon book, where prayer is a priority and where fellowship is something we experience together as Jesus our Savior walks in our midst by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, Ray Jensen is the new pastor at Calvary Chapel Beth Shalom, and the Lord has raised him up to lead this congregation in this critical hour just before the coming of Messiah Jesus. Listen today, and we pray you're blessed. Exodus 16 and 1. And they journeyed from Elam, and all the congregation of the children of Israel came to the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai, on the 15th day of the month, after they departed from the land of Egypt. Then the whole congregation of the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the children of Israel said to them, Oh, that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt when we sat by the pots of meat and when we ate bread to the full. For you have brought us out into the wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. So here we go again. Everybody's complaining against Moses. This is now the second time that they have complained to Moses for something. Like I said, last time it was over bad water. But Moses did not complain or grumble. He cried out to God. God showed him how to operate by faith at the water to make the water drinkable, right? Moses operated the right way. He went to the Lord. They need to learn to take their problems to God. But we have to remember that the Israelites here right now, they are a people who are still influenced by Egyptian culture. When you've been in Egyptian culture for 400 years, it kind of sticks for a while. And they have to try to work their way out of it. Hey, guys, guess what? We have a culture that we stick to that goes against God. You see much of it in America. It's a godless society. And sometimes even we do that. That's why we have to stay in the Word of God. We've got to get out of that sinful way and turn to a righteous way in God. So they still have this Egyptian thinking. It's going to take them a while to change towards operating in a godly manner. Now, here in Exodus is a good salvation illustration for us today. When a person gets saved, they have to be willing to leave their old life and walk away from it, like the Israelites had to be willing to walk away from Egypt. Next, a saved person is freed from bondage by the Deliverer, Jesus, much like Israel was freed from bondage by Moses. But then to go on to the Lord's vision, to where the Lord has called you to go, we have to learn to walk in repentant obedience while we still carry the temptations to turn back to the old life. No, we have to go to the vision. We have to go to the vision. All these things are going to hit you to make you want to turn back and go back to the old life. You see, we don't just repent once and that's good enough to walk with Christ, but rather it is a continual walk of repentance. Hey, I still fight with that. There are some days I wonder, why am I standing here? There's some days I wonder, this ain't for me. Because Satan wants me to think, you're the only one. All the other pastors got it together. You're the only one that ain't got it together. And then I learned to go back to the Lord and get his assurance that, yes, repent, keep going, keep going. 
Hang on a little longer. Keep going. Same for y'all. Keep going. Hang on a little longer. Jesus is coming back. But I want you to notice in verse 3, the Israelites were wishing they were back in bondage again. Why would anybody want to do that? They want to be back in bondage. Oh, that we had pots of meat and ate lots of bread. For any believer who has been saved by Jesus, our Passover lamb, now that you have submitted your life to Jesus, walk with Jesus repentantly, don't go back to that old life. Don't go back to that old life. You got to remember that old life was bondage. Jesus set us free. We have to walk forward in repentance to do this. Luke 3 and 8 says, bear fruits worthy of repentance. Now, some translations may say, bear fruits keeping with repentance. It's the same thing. As we who are in Jesus are now saved and led out of bondage, we have to walk in a continual state of repentance so that we can produce good things. You can't produce good things if you're not in repentance. If you're walking towards death, why do you expect anything of life to come from you? We have to be in a continual state of repentance. There's times where going back to the way things used to be, that's exactly what gets us right back in trouble. Every time I have those old temptations come up against me, I have to remember, this is exactly where your bondage used to be. Don't touch it. Stay away from that. And it's not, oh, it's not that bad. It is bad. And it usually looks good. If you're saved in Jesus, we should have no desire to go back to where we used to be in bondage. And so that's why these Israelites, they're wishing that they were back in, back in Egypt. They were wishing they were back in their bondage again. This is why Paul wrote in Romans 12, verse 2, he says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, this part about transformed by the renewing of your mind, this is what the Israelites are having to go through. Their mindset is Egypt. They've been in there so long. Oh, the pots of meat and all the stuff we had to eat. We had bread and meat. Oh, man, we should go back. They now have to go through this process of renewing their mind. They got to start thinking this way. And no, we want to go that. Nope, time to start thinking this way. Renewing your mind. If you've been saved by Jesus and brought out of the bondage of your former sinful life, like Israel had done from Egypt, then your thinking, your decisions must be changed from the old sinful way into new godly and righteous ways of thinking. What we know in our minds to be true will form conviction in our heart by the Holy Spirit down here. You know, a lot of people know Jesus saves up here. They know it up here, but they haven't swallowed it down to here yet. And so because it's only here and not here, it doesn't come out as works and proof and demonstration of a testimony. It's just head knowledge. You tell them about Jesus, say, yeah, I know that, I know that, I already know that, I have to be saved already. They have no fruits at all because they didn't swallow it to the heart, right? So what you know in your mind to be true, you swallow it, get it in your heart, it'll turn into conviction there with the Holy Spirit. And then that conviction in your heart will translate into action, then it will become proof. This is why we must renew our mind if you walk in Jesus Christ. We must strive to follow the Lord's direction instead of our own direction. You know, whenever I come to a point of temptation, my sin nature says, yeah, go get it. But my heart with the Holy Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit of God is telling me as a saved believer, don't. So what happens? Sin nature goes, yeah. Holy Spirit goes, no then the battle happens in here called 
decision. Decision. And whichever decision you make, that's who wins. You decide to follow the Holy Spirit, righteousness wins. You decide to give in to the sin nature, Satan wins. That's why he now says, by the renewing of your mind, have to start making better decisions as a believer in Jesus Christ. Otherwise, you're going back into slavery again. So, we must walk in renewing of our mind. Don't run back to the place of bondage. Walk in continual repentance. Walk continually 180 degrees from which way you used to walk. And that requires decisions all the time. Because right now they're confronted with a decision and they're saying, let's go back and get that meat and the bread back in Egypt. This is, I see me in this, guys. Acts 26 and 20 talks about that they should repent, turn to God. And do works befitting repentance. And so if we're not going to be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind, we have to replace the error of the world's influence with what? With the truth of God's word. We left something. It's gone. Well, what do we replace it with? The truth of God's word should fill that void from what we walked away from. Jesus needs to fill that void. That means you've got to spend time studying the Bible. You've got to spend time dedicated in the body of Christ. You've got to spend time in prayer. He's your Savior now. You're supposed to submit to Him now if He's your Lord. Replace that old worldliness with the righteousness of God so you can dry off, so to speak, the residual stuff that's still on you. When I get out of a pool, the instant I get out of a pool, I'm still wet. It takes a little while for it all to come off. But I have to stay out of the pool if I ever expect to get dry. It doesn't happen in an instant. It takes a little bit. You become saved, and for the rest of your life, stay out of that bondage. Sometimes it takes a little bit of time for it to fall off, but we got to dry off, so to speak, from the stuff that the world put on you back when you swam in your bondage. The transformation of the mind, the changing of our thinking, will change our behavior. If anybody says, I'm in Christ, I'm new, and their behavior has not changed, I don't buy it for a minute. Your behavior will change, your thinking, your decisions, everything will change because the renewing of the mind changes the actions you will put out. You've got to continue to expose yourself to God's Word. And there's a faithful, it's a faithful dedication each week to attending the body of Christ that He has placed you in so that you can gain from it with personal. Bible study, group Bible study, group prayer, fellowship, and praise. There's a whole big bunch of things that God has set up in the body of Christ to help us grow and go forward in the direction of repentance to the vision that God has called us to so that we don't have enough time to stop and go, wait a minute, it was kind of nice back there. Maybe I think I want to go back that way. And I've seen it time and time again when people start to fall out of the body of Christ, that's the first place they go is back to their old way. In my study, I found some discussion, this matter of renewing of the mind. They said once that after someone is saved, they said a solid church that believes in preaching the word, reading the word, and singing the word is invaluable in helping us to renew our minds. I agree with that statement. I do. We've got to submerge ourselves in the body of Christ. Friends, we're doing everything we can to make sure that Calvary Chapel Pearland fits that mold for you. We have our praise here. We have 
our study. We have our Bible study together. We have prayer. We have all these things set up that we do all through the week so that you can join us and we can help keep you on that repentant track so that you can continue to renew your mind. If you find yourself acting like you used to do before you were saved, making decisions like you used to make before you were saved, you're walking back towards bondage. You can repent again. Yes, repent again. Repentance is continual and follow Jesus. You know, repentance is not so much of a physical turnaround. It's not so much of a physical turn as it is so much of a mental and a spiritual turn. Your spiritual turn. I'm not, I absolutely refuse to live that old way. I'm not going back there anymore. Now my mind has to be renewed to follow that decision in my heart. And therefore, decisions have to be made to create action the other way. So when the Holy Spirit tells you to make a decision in your mind to turn, then your physical body has to be forced to act in submission to that decision. Right now, Israel wants to go back to Egypt. Why? Because the body goes, I'm hungry. Meat, bread. Let's go back. Who's winning the decision today? The body is. Moses is going to have to come back to him and show him a reason why the Spirit should win. I urge you, To follow Jesus, turn away from being conformed to the ways of the world so that you can be transformed by the renewing of your mind, which is what Israel's having to get used to here. And hey, I still am too. So back again to Exodus 16. The Israelites here, they really need to renew their mind because they're still trying to conform to the world. They want to go back to bondage. But once again, while the people refuse to go to the Lord directly... The Lord is still in communication with Moses, just like last time when Moses cried out to the Lord for water. So I'm glad Moses was there. Exodus 16 and 4. Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a certain quota every day, that I may test them, whether they will walk in my law or not. And it shall be on the sixth day that they shall prepare what they bring in, and it shall be twice as much as they gather daily. And so, because Moses' faithfulness, as he led the people, God would now provide for them. Bread from heaven. Bread from heaven. I think about that, and I'm like, what? I was driving behind a Mrs. Baird's truck one time, and the back door came open. I'm not kidding. Bread come out, and it was all over the hood of my truck and all over everything. I had to look out the window. It was bread. It was like, but, you know, that was awesome enough. But I'm talking on this scale. That had to be cool. You should have seen everybody when I pulled up at home and I had bread all over the truck. Anyway, but this is bread from heaven. They were only to gather so much of it. If they gathered more than they needed, then that would prove they didn't really believe God would provide for the next day. He said a certain quota, a certain amount, only this amount. Don't try to get more than that, just so much. And they were to gather twice as much bread on the sixth day because on the seventh day they were to rest and not work. What gets me intrigued here is that God said He would do this to do what? To test them. To test them whether they will walk in His law or not. Let me ask you a question. Do you think God already knew if they would walk in His law or not? Of course He did. He knew that. So why test them then? This test was not for God. It was for the Israelites. 
Oftentimes we see about God testing someone, it's like God's like, okay, I want to see if you're going to do this or not, so I'm going to put you in a test, see what you're going to do. That's not what it's for. It's not for God, it was for them. So it was for the Israelites. If you remember, Peter said to Jesus one time, he says, I will follow you, Jesus, all the way to death. I'm your man. I'm your guy. I'm going to be with you. But Peter was put to a test and he denied Jesus three times that very night. Remember that? Now, Jesus already knew that Peter would deny him three times, didn't he? In fact, he told him he was going to deny him. He told him, before that rooster crows, you're going to deny me three times. So God already knows what we're going to do. He tests us so that we can discover what we are going to do. That's the test. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to follow you all the way, Jesus. That night, I don't know him. I don't know him. I don't know him. So who's the test for? It's for us. He tests us so that we can discover what we are going to do. That's why we're tested. So that we can be corrected. And so that we can be built up. Now what if God corrected people before they sinned? Then they wouldn't understand what the correction was about. It's like when you have kids. I know he's about to do that. I told him not to. I'm just going to go ahead and whoop him. Come on. You don't do that. You wait for him to do it first. Then they understand why they're being punished. So that's what the test is about too here. It's like punishing a child wrong. You, you don't do that. It, it's, God knows these Israelites have a lot of Egyptian ways of thinking, swimming around in their heads, and He's going to clean it out of them. But He's got to set them up with a test. Now we can see Egyptian thinking, how they want to go back to Egypt living. They still haven't learned yet how to cry out to the Lord. Instead, they rise up at Moses for what's going wrong. They already did it for the water. Now they're doing it, uh, they're doing it again. It's, it, God's about to have to undo a lot of their ways. Ever been there? But to do it, He's going to have to put them into a scenario that will gauge them on how they are going to respond so that they can see where they really stand with God so that when God corrects them for it, then they will understand why He's doing it. And so now I pray that you see how and why this test is going with gathering the bread. It's not a test for God to find out where they are. It's a test for the people to find out where they are so that they will understand that God is now trying to move them from Egyptian thinking to godly thinking. He's trying to help them renew their mind. I know there are some here tonight who are going through this sort of thing yourself. And again, I always point at me first. I, I certainly do go through this sort of thing. You're being put through a bit of a hardship as maybe a new believer, or maybe you've been a believer for a long time, and everything's been smooth sailing. Suddenly you're hit with this thing. It's a test to check the renewing of your mind. Where do you really stand? Well, I'm fine. I'm fine, Jesus. I'm your man. Are you? Are you really? We'll find out, won't we, as we go through our tests to see what happens when we react. Sometimes we act well. Sometimes you react terribly. And then that's where God's learning curve comes in, right? Which is also where we find strain. God, why are you doing this? It's not fair. Oh, yeah, I, did. I was kind of stupid a couple months ago, wasn't I? I did that sin. Yeah, okay. Then I can get it. So we, that's where we find strain. It's God working you out of your old ways of thinking. Because you have been brought out of bondage. You're saved if you're in Jesus Christ. But now you've got to change your thinking so that the rest of your actions will produce righteous fruit to prove that you're saved. You can't be saved and not prove it. 
Like I always say, every time I put cream and coffee, it changes. Not one time if I put cream and coffee and it stayed black. Not one time if I put cream and coffee and it tastes like black coffee. It changed appearance, taste, smell. Because something got in it. You get Jesus in you, you will change. If you're not changed, I question whether you're really saved or not. We don't sugarcoat things here. I don't have time for that. Lord's coming back soon. This test is God working on Israel to help them renew their minds so that they will no longer be conformed to the world. So I want to ask, let's all pay very close attention to this story here because it directly applies to us today. And we have to change how we think also. Denying this world that has influenced us so badly, just like Egypt influenced them so badly. Turning now to follow the Lord with a new mind of trust and obedience. You know, God can be trusted. He can be trusted. Why? Because He can provide where we can't. You ever been there? He provided where you couldn't? That's God proving to you. Hey, you can trust me. You can't always lean on just your own power, right? I'm thankful He does that to me. He can do what we can't. He's God and we're not. So the Israelites' reasoning here is they're going to die because they're hungry, but God immediately steps in and says He's going to give them bread from heaven. God can, while we can't. Exodus 16 and 6. Boy, that's a lot out of just five verses. Good night. Exodus 16 and 6. Then Moses and Aaron said to all the children of Israel, At evening you shall know that the Lord has brought you out of the land of Egypt. And in the morning you shall see the glory of the Lord, for he hears your complaints against the Lord. But what are we that you complain against us? Also, Moses said, This shall be seen when the Lord gives you meat to eat in the evening, and in the morning bread to the full. For the Lord hears your complaints which you make against him. And what are we? Your complaints are not against us, but against the Lord. Now that's a very interesting point here when you look at it. The people were grumbling against Moses and Aaron. Now we have to remember that the Israelites at this point, they're packed full of 400 years of Egyptian influence. I'll tell you one thing, the American Jesus out there is not the Jesus of the Bible. The American Jesus out there saves absolutely everybody no matter what they do. That's not the real Jesus. You have to submit to him and walk away from your old life, repent of your sins, and be changed. But here, they're packed with 400 years of Egyptian influence. Now, if you remember back when Moses first arrived to lead them out of Egypt, when they got mad at Moses for their increased workload, they ran to Pharaoh about it. They didn't run to God. They ran to Pharaoh. What's Pharaoh going to do? He made it worse in the first place. They didn't run to God. They should have asked God for help. Thanks for listening today, and please join me every day, Monday through Friday, unless our Lord Jesus returns for us this week. This program is listener-supported and depends on tax-deductible donations to stay on the air. Give to Watch Therefore and contact me through our website at watchtherefore.tv. You can also send tax-deductible donations to Watch Therefore, P.O. Box 564, Pearland, Texas, 77588. Again, by the web, watchtherefore.tv, and mail... Watch Therefore, P.O. Box 564, Pearland, Texas, 77588. You can also call me right now at 713-624-0943. That's 713-624-0943. 
Keep watching for Messiah Jesus. This is John Peake with Israeli Self-Defense and Fitness. We are the new breed of martial arts and fitness designed to give you the understanding and skills to defend yourself and your family against an attack or threat by an armed or unarmed attacker or multiple attackers. We're an international organization led by former Israeli soldiers with a curriculum that is simple and effective. You owe it to yourself, family, and loved ones to be able to defend against any assault should the need arise. We are followers of Jesus Christ, led by His Holy Spirit to provide a safe and functional training environment to develop life-saving skills and increase your physical fitness beyond what you may think is possible. We offer group, private, and corporate training. Call today and mention KKHT to get a 10% discount on your membership. Remember, you owe it to yourself and loved ones not to be a victim. Visit us on the web at IsraeliSelfDefense.net or call 713-53-TRAIN. That's 713-538-7246 to get started today.